it was done before we even hit yeah. Detroit. Mm -hmm. You know, before we even hit the first show of Purple Rain tour. Yeah. He was already bored with Purple Rain. <laughs> Didn't come out of the gate right. Kind you know? of lost. There was a consistent fight with his label about him oversaturating the market constantly. Yeah. It's too yeah. much, Prince. It's too much. James Brown put out a record a month, you know, so it was like it's all like he, he just, it didn't matter to him. So the whole thing was that album was done and, you know, he wanted to play more and more of that songs live and people, you know, and that translated to the marketing campaign, which was they'll find it. You know, it's just going to appear. I'm not going to do any videos or any singles. And he really thought that, you know, that, that people would be done with Purple Rain. But as we know now, they're not done with promoting. <laughs> yeah. You know, he wanted, he was just moving so fast, you know, it's like it's true. next, next, next. But you know, Purple Rain is something that want people want to examine for centuries now and look back and everything. And he didn't wasn't very good at looking back. So but around the world today, it comes from an experience. I think that you know, we enlightened him a little bit more about the Beatles and some other of the 60s stuff, he got fascinated with, with that period of time and brought some world instruments in there. It's just, it, 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 was, it was changing, it was really fun. I didn't know when this day was going to come, and I'm glad we're finally here. Whatever we have, my own blood, my big brother, joining me on this class review. Now, I, I couldn't get someone even – I don't know who else I could find for this particular album that's going to kill as, as best as you can. Hey, I'm just glad to be here. I mean, first of all, it's uh, definitely an honor and privilege to be here. You've been doing your thing. I've been following you. What your listeners don't even know, although I'm his I'm his older brother, he's inspired me because he's gotten into this whole podcast thing and he's popping. And he actually got me into doing my own podcast, which we'll talk about later. Oh, yeah. Can't wait to get you. Can't wait to discuss that one. You guys remember always to rate, like, comment, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Got that new April playlist and the links and everything for y'all. You already know. And if you click it on this or whatever, <clears throat> you would know why I had to bank, uh, bring Big Bro on this one or whatever. Because who else than the person that I mean actually got me on Prince to go through this? Hey, yes, I'm glad to be talking about this album. This is actually one of my one of my favorite Prince albums too. So it's ironic that you even asked me to be up here, and we even brought this album up um, and wanted to talk about it. Thirty five years since around the world in a day because i was looking at prince albums which i mean there's you know a million of them and i'm like okay what's the anniversaries and i'm like okay this is turning 35 i think uh what was it hit and run phase two's turning five uh-huh 
there was some more. Where is it? Oh, um, Graffiti Bridge is turning 30. 30. Ah, there was another one. Oh, the Gold Experience <laughs> turning 25. Yeah, because that was the, uh, that was 95. So I was looking through all of them or whatever, and I was like, oh, I'm going to start off with this one. I always hear a lot about this one or whatever. Because I never, which, you know, we we talked about it earlier, and we're going to get into that. I only knew one track prior to this. Let me guess, was that Raspberry Beret? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I didn't know about the rest of the track, sort of. But before we even get on there, I guess, you know, Prince, like, how how did you get on? How did you get on? I think I know, but tell the people. So... If I can just like think back to probably like my childhood, this is way clear before you were born. Yeah. And growing up in the house, uh, I grew up on everything because Mama just like she listened to everything. She didn't really listen to Prince like that. But so I can even go back a step further. So we were living with um, Grandma. Mm-hmm. I, call her, I call her my grandma Google. Right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm going to call her grandma. Her grandma, but I call her Google. So we were, we were living with her uh, in the house on Carolina Street. And so in uh, Jordan's bedroom door, there was a poster. The Purple Rain movie poster was on the door. And this was in the 80s. Okay. So, you know, this is... That that poster was on the door, like, 85, 86. Like, I'm sure, pretty sure they got that poster when the movie came out in 84. So it had been on the door. Like ever since, so that was like my first like of seeing who Prince was. Um, I really got into being a big Prince fan. I like this music, but like when I knew that I was like a diehard Prince fan, seventh grade, seventh grade, um, seventh grade, Crossbow Drive, okay, uh, the little bedroom that became your bedroom. <laughs> okay, I got you know. So I had a boombox, and uh, at the time, this is when Mom was working at um, working at Kindercare. I lost. She wasn't uh, at the movie company yet. No, she uh, she was at Kindercare, and so one of her coworkers used to just like let me borrow CDs, and so she let me borrow Prince, the hits one and two, and the it was hit the hits one and two, and so that's I started listening to that, and so I really, really, really just got into it like i knew all the songs because they were the hits but then i started it started piquing my curiosity and i wanted to start listening to his album right. and so i don't know if you remember like when you were loaded do you remember when you used to go into cd warehouse and they had the cds in there and they had like a listening station and you could go in there you could listen to like all the you could listen to like whatever because they sold new cds but they sold used cds as well and so they had like a listening station. You go there, you could put the CD in, and you could listen. I so, think I remember Walmart having something like that, but I do remember on the weekends or whatever you wanting to go there every weekend. Yeah, like every weekend. <laughs> that's like a thing. Cause every that's Saturday. Like yeah, because you could go there, you could trade CDs, you could buy CDs. It was like it was a really like dope thing back then, and so that piqued my curiosity with him even more. Then like to come to find out. Um, Mom's best friend, you know, Miss Pat. Yes, she Ms. was a big sir. Prince fan, and that's that was my thoughts. I was like, was she the one that got you old? So she was the one that further 
like really put me on. So she was excited when I told her I was listening to Prince. And so the next day she came to the house because she was there like the day before or something. And so she came and she brought me like all these CDs or these cassettes. They were cassettes. And so then began my listening to Prince. And um, from there, that point on, like I just had everything Prince. And I mean, I still do. Mm. Do you remember? Well, I say you just said the first album, whatever. Do you remember when you first heard this album? Like what year? So I bought the CD. I remember us having the vinyl, but I never listened to it. Okay. Um, like when I was a child, like I remember the album cover because if you look at the album cover, it's very psychedelic looking. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, it's very well. One is a it's a cartoon drawing, like it's a drawing, like a painting, but it's like very cartoon esque. And um, if you just look at it, it's very like very psychedelic looking. So, I mean, I just never really thought to look, you know, at, at the time as a child, you're looking at album covers and you're just like, well, you're going to pick up the album cover that looks appealing or see the artist's face. Although yeah. somebody is sitting on the picture looking like Prince, it, I, as a child, I, I wouldn't have known that was Prince. But I with got the blonde this, hair. Yeah, with the, the blonde clouds. hair. Yeah, so the the rumor was for him even having that blonde hair was after Purple Rain, he wanted to do something very, like, drastic he dyed his hair blonde but it was a bad experiment so all his hair fell out so if you notice during that time period if you remember the raspberry beret video his hair is significantly shorter than what it was in purple rain i was gonna ask you too because i finally watched that video literally about a couple hours ago my man's hair was like (laughs) oh yeah that That was new to me i hadn't seen that style yet it was pretty jacked. Like, so, I mean, <laughs> so I think, like, I think maybe when they was doing the posing for this album cover, he might have still had that blonde hair. And this is just all kind of, like, rumored, but true, maybe not true. We don't, like, really know, like, confirm. Yeah. But so I, I bought this CD probably eighth grade or maybe, like, like eighth grade, seventh grade. Um, it was during the time where, you know, we used to get all them CDs from BMG and Columbia House. Okay. So during that time, like when we was doing that, I used to do it too. And so you remember our uncle used to get all of those CDs. And so I just started having him get CDs for me. So that's how I got a lot of it. And um, I got this album. Yeah, eighth grade. And I I got the CD from CD Warehouse. So it was then somewhere between seven and eighth grade. Can't quite remember. So that's when I like really got put onto it. So it was around that time. So seventh, eighth grade, that's gotta be like ninety. That was ninety-seven, eight. Okay. I'm just getting into my Britney Spears phase by that point. Yeah, you was just on the brink of getting a cassette in ninety nine. And I, I I can tell everyone listening or whatever when I'm telling you <laughs> not only did G get me on my first taste of music, my first album I know like by heart. We had the whole CD player, well, not not even CD player yet, the cassette player with the um, vinyl on, on top. Oh yeah, that little speaker. And I played the living hell out of the Jackson Five tape. Oh yeah, some of that greatest hits. Uh, <laughs> yes, that was. <laughs> oh my God, I think I broke it literally by one. <laughs> no, you wore it out and it was crashed. And yeah. at one part, and then repeated over and over. It and just repeated. Then we just thought it was the funniest joint ever. <laughs> Oh my god! But yeah, so I it, it was like around that time, so around about ninety eight, and I got into it. And so this album, it was so drastic from 
what he was doing musically at that point. Because at that point, I had already listened to like all of his albums. I hadn't really gotten into this album. And so at that point, I backtracked because this was his seventh album at that point. Which is crazy to think about already. Yeah, because at that point, he had put out an album every year except 1983. Uh, he was on tour extensively, and he was filming Purple Rain during that time. So he did not put an album out in 83. But you got to understand, like he got signed in 77, put out his first album in 78. 79, 80, 81, 82, break 83, then 84, and this is album seven. And this is all in a seven-year period still. Now that you mention that, I, I'm like, okay, because I i don't know why I was thinking 79 was the first year, but that was the print self-titled. But there was something before that, right? Yeah, his first album was For You. Ah, uh, okay, that's the one where um, he's kind of like looking in the shadows. Yeah, he has an afro. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, so, it, you know... This album, it, it, it was, it was kind of like different. I mean, you know, I guess we'll get into it as we talk about the album. But this album kind of came out like he had already recorded this album when Purple Rain dropped in the theater. This album had already been recorded. Right. For the most part, like he was still working on it. But by the time that he was out on tour for Purple Rain, this album had been done. It was it was done. It was completed. Like he, you know, he was one of those artists where he was always like on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. So that that was a question I really just wanted to ask because I know of course you see it through a different spectrum compared to some people where they're like, Okay, yeah, you know, they might only know just Purple Rain. So like I'm like, Okay, go listen to the one right after that. And it's this one and they're like, That's that doesn't sound like the same artist, you know? Like was it like shock, like the first time you'd heard it compared to like, okay, he just did Purple Rain or whatever. Now this is the next album. So yeah, like it, it was. Um, but it wasn't really strange for me because every one of Prince albums at that point in time had a different sound. Right. It, it, they all drastically sound different. They have commonalities, similarities or whatever. But as a whole, there's something different. But this was the album that was just very far left for him at that point in time. This was the album that he started experimenting more with strings. This was the album that he got more involved with. the Because up at this point, and even some of the songs up here, Prince recorded them by himself. But it was rare that he had a band in the studio. Although The Revolution was his backing band, Prince was a one-man show in the studio for the most part. You know, he had input here and there from people, but for the most part, he played all the instruments, did all the vocals on all his tracks, you know, unless somebody was featured. I mean, he had input from bandmates and stuff like that, but he really could go in, demo all the songs, take them to rehearsal and teach them to him, and then next thing you know, they're in the studio and they're recording them. I wrote that down from one of the tracks and everything. Like, literally, when I looked on Rap Genius, it says, yeah, he did all the instruments on this one. <laughs> And wrote it and composed yeah. it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, my God. It's just crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. Because I think I'd, um, I, I think I'd asked you after I finally watched Purple Rain movie a couple of years ago. I'm like, was he really just like a dick to uh, Wendy and Lisa like that? And you're like, no. No, not at all. That was that was like very dramatized and fictitious for the movie. Um, anybody who really knew his relationship with Wendy and Lisa, those were like his, like, that was his ace in the hole. 
And look, they're all over this album. Like I mean, <laughs> Wendy and Lisa, them was his bitches. Like them, them was the homegirls. Like I mean, it was a lot of times he could send them in the studio to work on stuff, and he'll be working on something else. You also got to understand during this time period when he's recording this, he's also juggling the the remains of Apollonia Six, which was Vanity Six. He's uh-huh. also juggling at this point. The time has broken up. Uh, um, Morris Day went solo so uh-huh. he's dealing with the aftermath of that but then he has another group that spun out of this Wendy has a twin sister named Susanna who Prince was dating at the time oh yeah because she's on this album yes Susanna uh-huh. Melbourne she's the twin sister to Wendy uh-huh. and of course you know Wendy and Lisa were actually dating so that was confirmed okay yes yeah, they were a couple because, um, let me see, you said that was Wendy's twin sister, correct? Mm-hmm. I also saw um, one of their brothers, like their brother is on this album as well? Yeah, so both. Uh, both <laughs> I said, what a family, like, my God. Yeah, I like it. Um, so Lisa's brother, David Coleman, uh, was um, on the album. And also, you had quite a few people on this album, actually. Like, it was, like, really, like, a big family affair, like, yeah, on it. Because, like, I know um, also Wendy brother, Jonathan Melvoin, he was on it as well. That's the one that wrote the title track, correct? David Coleman is actually the one that um, that wrote it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just looking through all the notes and, you know, just trying to, you know, get the gist of, okay, taking me back all the way to 85 and I'm just seeing, I'm like, okay, damn, so you, you like, you say, oh, Prince had an alleged relationship with this person and then, you know, this person, and I'm like, wait, 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 so like, what's all happening right now? I'm like, yo. And I think one of them, like, one of them's brother was the guitarist for Smashing Pumpkins, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I had no clue that was a thing. Like, yeah, John, I know Jonathan, Mel- um, Jonathan Melvoin, um, yeah. It's insane, bro. Yeah, he died of an overdose, I remember that. Because we were still living in um, Fairview. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was like 96. It was like right right before we were here to go on vacation to Myrtle Beach. Shout out to those Myrtle Beach vacations. Right. And, well, we might have been on vacation, really. But I just remember that, though. <laughs> on a different <laughs> funny story, we were talking about that on a different pod and everything. Where I'm like, oh, I think my brother and my aunt are the only ones I know that can swim. <laughs> well, that was just a little random. <laughs> I, mean, I could swim, boot could swim, fake could swim. Oh, I never knew I was fake. Uh huh. Huh. Gotta get myself together, but one day. It happens. I mean, you gotta like the water too. So. Yeah, true. But I don't like ocean water. You know I me. Mean? I'm. You could put me in the pool all day, but that is very true too. Right. <sighs> so we got all that. I guess let's go ahead and get to track one. Around the world in a day. Okay. So, you know, I'm hearing everything except Raspberry Beret for the first time. So this is all new to me. Gotcha. I, I mean, I, I like, there, there's not a song I don't like. This one, I'm just like, yo, I, even the way it starts off and everything, I thought this was a really dope record. I think Prince was in the, like, was he playing guitar in the background towards the end, or was that? Yeah, Wendy? well, it was like kind of like 
they kind of had a free for all like um yeah i mean that was pretty much prince on the guitar like i thought this track was really cool it's like i'm 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 trying to put myself in the frame of mind of okay everyone knows and everyone knows purple rain and like we said this is this was released april of 85 Uh uh-huh and you told me the story that he literally didn't put any singles out originally no, he didn't put anything out. It was like literally he was wrapping up the Purple Rain tour and then like, boom, this album came out. Which I said, you know, of course, Prince would have got off in any era. He got on. He got off in his own era. But like now when people just put out singles and they don't even put albums out, like you telling me, oh, every year this guy's putting an album out. He, oh, my God. He would have been ridiculous right now. Right. That, that popped in my head. But. I'm I'm trying to put my I was trying to put myself in that frame of mind of okay so this is the first thing I've heard like I guess um, when was Purple Rain released? So Purple Rain came out in '84, so it was it came out June it came out June 25th, 1984. (laughs) So he already had a lot of these songs done because I know Pop Life was done prior to Purple Rain. I want to say that was one of the tracks. Um, so the first track to be recorded for this album to use was actually Raspberry Beret. Um, he actually recorded this track probably during the 1999 sessions. Mm. Uh, that's when he first like demoed the track. So like that's when he did. Um, but from what I've been told thus far, they have not found the original version of Raspberry Beret in the vault yet. They're still going through all of those recordings. Can you imagine that being your job? Just going through all these demos of prints? I mean, that would just alone, I mean, I would, you know me, I would love it. I would be <laughs> yeah. a kid in the damn candy store. Like, I mean, I would just be there and be like, look, this is like, I mean, could you imagine? I mean, I would be geeked. You could just lock me lock me up in a, a room with with the tape player or whatever, however I need to listen to it, the tape machine, what, whatever, load it up, and let's go. Also, everyone, too, shout out to G, because he literally got me on the Originals um, album, shit, last year? Uh-huh. Because I think it, it was out on Spotify maybe like a, couple, like a month or so before it came out on um, Apple Music. Mm-hmm. But then when it finally dropped, I'm like, yo. Like, just even songs, I'm like... Oh shit! You wrote this? Like, <laughs> I didn't even know this was your record. Okay, cool. It's really so many songs that, if you really go down and look at it, like that he, that he just was involved with, that he wrote, that you wouldn't even like even know. Even Not down to like the, this was before you were born, and even when you were like a baby, <clears throat> Ray Charles used to be the. Sp- like pretty much like the spokesperson for Pepsi with Diet Pepsi. And he had this jingle. You got the right one, baby. Uh-huh. And Prince wrote that little jingle that went along with it. And I would have never knew that. I just thought it was wow. some Ray Charles shit. <laughs> I think on this one or whatever, I found out he wrote Manic Monday, which I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, he wrote it. It was originally <laughs> for, um, it was originally supposed to be for Apollonia 6. Damn. But um, he didn't give them the track, and it was given. Uh, he gave it to the Bengals. So, what's your thoughts on um, this first record? So, the first Not track, track. Um, "Around the World" 
in a day. I actually like the track. Um, it's very psychedelic, so it's very different. I mean, you think about when that song first come on, it has those uh, finger symbols and all that just, uh, it's real kind of Indian sounding. It, and that's why I wanted you to say it, because like, I don't want to say the wrong instrument, and then you personally attack me, because <laughs> for you guys that don't know, G plays, I mean, how many different instruments? Several. I, was, I know about at least three or I mean, several, but you know what I mean? I taught music for a long time. That's what I went to school for. Facts. So, I mean, I, this, I've done it for a long time, but not, not even nothing with that. But, I mean, he, you know, they had the finger cymbals going, and they, they had the darbuka going, all these tambourine sounds, and um, it just was real psychedelic and Hindu-Indian sound, and it was very, very trippy. But um, you can actually go on YouTube and hear the original demo that David Coleman did for the song. Okay. It's uh, I, had, I had heard about it where he yeah, um, it's, it's on YouTube. Like if you go there, I mean they have a lot of the like unreleased leak Prince bootlegs up there, and you could just kind of go check it out and see what it sounded like, uh, what the original was before Prince re-recorded it. Cause. Literally, just like with the sound, I wanted to ask this before we got on to the next record. But, you know, <laughs> I've showed you shit sometimes where I'm like, okay, wait, how is Brandy? I think they labeled, it was a Brandy album. They labeled it as like rock. And I was like, wait, they got the wrong album. So would you label Around the World in a Day R&B Soul? No, it's more of a psychedelic pop. Yeah, it's more of a pop. It's hard to classify it, to be honest. I'll say pop. I just yeah, do psychedelic I mean, because yeah, everything going on. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very, yeah, it's very pop. Yeah, it's very pop. Yeah, that's that's kind of how if I had to classify it, it's very psychedelic pop. Right. But like Tyler just went in rap album of the year, and I'm like, will we listen to the same album? <laughs> I'm like, my man, rap don't like one trick. Yeah, I was like, this is clearly like an R&B album. And I was, I've been trying to tell people, Tyler been trying to go R&B for the longest now. Y'all just won't let him. Yeah, he's gotten very clever with his production. Had to get out of that childish sound or whatever growing up. But. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, with this track, I mean, you know, it was kind of like one of them tracks. It was a great way um, to start the album. Yeah, it was, it was a great intro. And I, like I said, there's not a track I don't like. I feel like everything fits, like... I don't know how many hours it's going to take me, <laughs> but one day I'm going to go through all of these. I mean, it don't take long, honestly. Like, if you really don't got to do this album, can, these nine songs can play by very quickly. I don't know. Because, not, I mean, not these albums. I'm talking about when I, well, maybe when I finally go through the hit slash B-sides. That one's going to take me a little while. Oh, yeah. But that, those albums kind of run by, too. Because one thing, um, one thing also on the hits and the B-sides Especially the hits, uh, they have the edited versions down. It's not like the full song. It's like they're probably like the radio versions. Right. Like, I think I, I noticed that one day or whatever. It was like, oh, you know, it's like three minutes of controversy. Like, I needed the full eight-minute version. <laughs> yeah, that's my jam right there. That was a track I think I found literally because, you know, I was a big fan of Mac Miller. He right. said that was his favorite Prince song ever. So I was like, okay, I got to go listen to it. And I'm like, okay, I know like a song off this album. I'm trying to think. Oh. Which, um, Do Me Baby, I think, was the one I knew off that one. 
Yeah, I know. I know that album very well. I actually remember. I remember having that album, the album, the vinyl, because I just thought the album, his artwork on it, because it was like headlines, like newspaper. Right. And he was standing there, and I just thought it was like really cool, and it was like asking questions and stuff. I mean, I was a little child, so I really didn't know what the hell. This isn't me looking right now. Like, I'm not even looking at my phone. Was that 81? Yes. Okay, got it. Cool. Starting to get them together. But yeah, that's kind of like what I, what I, what I think about that track. I mean, it was just one of those ways we started the album, and then you really started getting into the meat of the album. So we're going to do that on to the second track, which is Paisley Park. So, I have so many questions. So <laughs> many questions on Paisley Park. Okay. I finally watched the video for the first time. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen a lot of Prince videos, honestly. As wild as that sounds. Yeah, not, that's a throwback. So with with this song, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's something, and then I'm gonna ask a lot of things. All right. I heard a lot of um, Winnie Lee on background vocals, and this ended up being a single, correct? It did. Um, it was the second single, but it was um, it was not released as a single in the United right. States. It was only a single in the UK. Okay. The song kind of like Prince is talking kind of of like a utopian world, but it's also about his uh, record label that he founded in um, the same year. Uh huh. So explain to me and the listeners Paisley Park because I know nothing. So exactly, you want to know about the track? You want to know what do you want to know, uh, know about Paisley Park? Uh, both. I'm about to say, I guess everything. You know, the track, the what Paisley Park is. Exactly. So at the time, Paisley Park was just like an idea, concept, dreamyland for him. I mean, uh, in the song, uh, Paisley Park is almost like thinking about that childhood place in your heart that made you happy. Like, or there was his 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 peacemaking or his peace offering at that time. Like, you know, in the song, he says Paisley Park is in your heart. You know, admission is free if you say you believe. Um, and come to this place, you know, that's just basically saying you could be whoever you are at Paisley Park. You accept it. There's no cost or nothing like that to be who you are. So that's kind of like essentially what the song was, that utopian world. Paisley Park, Paisley Park record label, um, that just kind of, he already had artists that uh, he had a stipulation in his contract that came around that he could produce, write and produce other artists and put them out on Warner Brothers with, the time being one of his groups, Vanity Six being another group. Um, he also was responsible for getting Sheila E a deal with Warner Brothers, so she was also like produced by him. He also had the family, which was very short lived. They were a bleed over from the time into that group. Um, and then you had other artists that was like signed to like Paisley Park. You had Jill Jones who did a lot of work background work. And if you watch the videos for like 1999 uh, Automatic, she's the person at the keyboard with the blonde hair beside went um, beside Lisa. Okay. So um, that was like that whole thing with the label. Um, and Paisley Park, the label didn't stay around long. It dissolved to like by the end of the 80s, it was gone. Um, okay. Then uh, what not? Yeah, or was it still around? Because I don't re- no Paisley Park was still around. It was still around until 
I guess he ended with Warner Brothers because I guess all the rest of those labels were still on Paisley Park Records. They were. Because even George Clinton was on Paisley Park. Interesting. Like, yeah, he was, and Mavis, uh, Mavis Staples was on Paisley Park. So that was like with that. Um, that and that's kind of just like what breaks down the song. And then Paisley Park, the studio, that was that was built in 1987. You know, Prince had always had home studios, and um, he had warehouses that he used to re- rehearse the band in. And one of the warehouses is where a lot of the songs were recorded. If you look at the liner notes, um, you'll see a lot of stuff mentioned about the Flying Cloud Drive warehouse, which was in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. That's where he did. Um, that's where he did most of the recording of the album. It was a warehouse. He pretty much had all of his studio equipment ripped out of his house and brought down to the warehouse, and that's where he recorded like everything. And he just kind of named that area the studio itself, Paisley Park. Okay. But then Paisley Park became his uh, complex, which had three studios: uh, Studio A, B, and C. And then he had a amphitheater he had like a performing hall where he could do concerts soundstage because movies were um graffiti bridge was shot at paisley park okay there was also like videos like different music videos shot at paisley park and um he actually did parts of the sign of the times movie in paisley park so yeah (laughs) You guys don't even understand. <clears throat> you guys don't even understand how excited I am with this because G knows, and then people that really, which I talk music, I love just finding out this deep shit or whatever. Oh my god! Oh yeah. And even like you said, like the album, like you know, like the little stuff that you get in the albums or whatever. We don't, we don't got that these days. I mean, they they might have a description in the bio or whatever as far as oh yeah, this is what I was going through with this album, but it's not really a lot. Mm-mm. I mean. I'm not going to sit here and go through all your tweets or whatever and be like, yeah, so you know this album or whatever. <laughs> like, that's right. what happens all the time, you know. But that's kind of like just what breaks down that song. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just like, it was one of those tracks. I mean, I really think it's dope. It's probably, bar none, like one of my favorites. It's like one of my top fives off the album. Probably like my top three. Oh, okay, okay. Next track, track three, Condition of the Heart. You know... I feel like he always just tells great stories. I do, and this song tells one hell of a story. Yeah. Like, I, like it, it, I went through each album, each album, each song about two or three times. This one, about five. Because I'm like, okay, you just, like, this verse. Okay, y'all, this verse. Okay, yeah, now we're on this third verse. You're like, you're telling a whole different, you know. I mean, just the way that he puts himself into his songs... Um, and this song was recorded in October of 84. He, um, I think this is a very vulnerable track by Prince. Right. Just basically Mm. talking about somebody dying of a condition of the heart. And, And thinking about somebody driving them crazy. (laughs) <laughs> we've all been there before right we've all been there and we I always just, talked about I just think um, I just think the track is dope like even down to that whole little that little piano um, introduction that leads into it 
um, with the whole little pan flute and the just the whole little setup, and then that uh, then you have that loud like synthesizer that like kind of changes it to make it sound real tragic, like everything was so happy and peaceful, and then you had that synthesizer that really changed the mood. And then it's like out of nowhere, you hear that guitar, and then he starts singing. Right, like he start dropping the story. Really enjoyed. It. I mean, like you know, just I've always said like he's been a well. <laughs> I'm sure he's in the songwriter hall of fame. Like um, that's not even a question. So. Let me go ask that question. I mean, you think about it. Like, you, who opens their song? There was a girl in Paris whom you sent a letter to, hoping she would answer back. Now wasn't that a fool? Hardy notion on a part of a sometimes lonely musician acting out of whim is only good for a condition of the heart. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I tell you that, like the R&B people I listen to, I'm like, well, yeah, you know, I get a lot of lyrics, but a lot of them is kind of the same thing. Frank don't want to release music like that. So, you know. And it's basically how thinking about somebody is just driving you crazy and you just want to be with them. And everybody thinks it's a phase and you'll get over it. But no, nah, you just like, uh-uh. Like, my heart is really into this. It's very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Dope track. Bar none. One like, like that has to be like... I don't know. Like that's almost like a tie for like my favorite track. Okay. Like I, I, I love it. I just, I, I love it. I love a lot of songs on this album. I love this album. On to the next one, track four. Ended up being the first single once. You know, like okay, yeah, fresh. Need to get a single for this album. Raspberry Beret. Raspberry Beret. So. Of course, I knew this one. I think I literally, I think I got back on it maybe, was it 2017, 18, whenever um, Spike Lee dropped um, She Gotta Have It, like on Netflix. Uh huh. And it ended like season one, which I still have not watched season two. I got to do that, but just haven't gotten around to it. And I was like, oh, I remember that song. Just hearing it here and there. Right. Like you said, it was originally demoed in, was that, 82? Yeah, 82, so it was recorded right smack in the middle of the 1989 sessions. It was recorded It was recorded a day before something in the water does not compute, and a day after, how come you don't call me anymore? Which was the song that Alicia Keys, uh, Alicia Keys remade it. Stephanie Mills did a remake of it, too, back in the 80s. Okay. Also, you see Alicia's coming out with albums soon. Are you not on what? That's good for her. <laughs> I had to let you know, at least, you know. Yeah, I mean, I heard a little song. Uh, her up there. Show me that. Sound not ashy. Yeah, that's good yeah. for her. How about I said, what was the one we used to kill or whatever? Was it girl? Was it girl on fire? Yes. <laughs> Oh my god! Hey, I ain't gonna front though. Um, by the time we both moved, um, God, what was the re- oh, like in common? In common and the remixes she um dropped with it. I mm-hmm. thought that was pretty cool. But I, that I know. was actually pretty good. Where she have a good song every now and again. It's just she can't be consistent all the time. But 
she just hey man, she, she hosting and being a mom these days, man. Yeah, at least she's not st- stealing people anymore. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, R- Raspberry Beret. Um, this was the track we were talking about with um Wendy's sister slash his girlfriend on it. Yeah, she just was back there in the background. She wasn't really doing nothing, just blending in. A lot of times, like, just... so Susanna actually at this point in time was getting ready to be the lead singer of the group that I was talking about, the family. Okay, because I, I actually was going to ask about that. So you say Morris Day went solo. Yeah, Morris so Day bounced right after the, the time doesn't have a singer anymore. Or a lead no, they, they don't. They don't have a lead singer anymore. And so some people left, like um, Jesse Johnson left, and he went solo. I mean, at this point, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis had already got kicked out, well, got fired by Prince Damn. and were replaced. And so what was left over became the musicians for the family. Okay. Because at this point, the lead singer, who was now one of uh, which was he was the replacement for Jimmy Jam has now become the lead singer of the family. St. Paul. So this man, which I sometimes I like when I I learn all these things he was doing, it's like, yo, can I even call this dude like a man? Like, was this some type of being? Not only was he writing most of these tracks, producing most of these tracks, I mean, doing all the instruments, everything. He also was doing it for all these other groups and then like composing all of them managing them like 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 wh- wh- where's the free time you know he really he stayed in the studio like so so much like and even with the songs on those other artists album he was still playing all the instruments on that like i mean pretty much <laughs> like like on the time on their albums for the most part, he's playing everything. The only thing he did was bring Morris Day in the studio and have him sing over top of what he was already doing. Like, if you go back and listen to the Time first album, you can hear Prince all under Morris Day singing and in the background. Like, literally, that album was recorded in, like, a week the, for their first album. And then Jeez. their second album, it got... And it was recorded in Prince's home studio down in the basement. And then their second album, you know, Prince got a little more fancy and bigger studio start doing a little more things, but you could still hear it. You could just hear it even on that Originals album and go back and even listen to The Glamorous Life like Sheila E. His voice is still under her in that version because the only thing she did was add in her percussion parts and he put her vocals on top of his and boom, song. So so two things here. Um, I want to say, on, I think it was on The Originals. I I'm pretty sure it was his <clears throat> his original version of Jungle Love. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense and everything. I'm definitely have to go back and listen to that first the time album now. And I meant to say a while ago when you were talking about like um with Raspberry Raspberry Beret, like he wrote that in between two other songs. So I'm like, so just give this man a full, I mean, if it even was a full twenty four hours or whatever, just okay, yeah, this is a hit record. Okay, yeah, this next day, yeah, it's another hit record. Okay, yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, I got another one of those. <laughs> like, how is this even possible? Well, you got to understand, like, he was always in the studio. And so, like, and I'm not even talking about writing these songs. He recorded these songs in between each other, like, in the studio. Like, I'm in the studio. And he's the type of person, he would go in the studio, and you got to understand, he played everything. So he would lay the tracks down. Like, 
he'll start with the drums or start with his drum machine and program it and start adding in one by one. So once he got the track sound like he's doing, now he's spending time on the vocals while his engineer has to pretty much sit there for 24 hours while he's working on one track. And then when he records vocals, he doesn't want the engineer in there at all. He does the vocals. He don't do it in the booth. He does it at the mixing board. Okay. So he was very, (coughs) very strategic and very unorthodox about how he got stuff on tape. Um, Just a creative genius. I, I still ain't seen nothing like it. I don't think I ever will. Legit. Before we get on to the next one, is there anything else you want to say about Raspberry Beret? No, I mean, it was just like one of those things that was very, again, kind of different. You know, this is like probably one of the first big songs that outside of like Take Me With You, that he really had a lot of orchestration, like orchestra work on strings. I mean, he started really playing around with the strings and, and the Purple Rain is when he started adding strings to music, where he really started adding strings with this album. Well, about to say when Corona's over and, you know, we go back home for, I don't know, just any time, will we see you in a cloud suit? Uh, no. <laughs> no cloud suit? <laughs> any thoughts on the cloud suit? It was very Prince. I don't think anyone else could pull it off. I mean, I'm going to say that for sure. I mean, that 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 suit is in the museum, which, you know, Paisley Park is now a museum open to the public. But that okay. suit is hanging in there. Going to get on to the next one. Track five, Tambourine. Tambourine. Oh, Tambourine. So I have a question. And when I say this, I'm not trying to sound <clears throat> crazy or even offensive to anyone that who is just, you know, really into this type of music but was techno around in like 85 yeah okay because i was like yo my man had a techno track like i was like this is hard like i wasn't expecting that well it wasn't really a techno track it was a it's a funk track okay because if you go back and you listen to tambourine is is that um First of all, he's used that bass line a few times. Go back and listen to his song, Irresistible Bitch. And not the original version that he put out that's on the, the 1999 reboot that they just put out, uh, the 1999 like uh, re-release that they just put out um, not too long ago. I'm talking about listening to the B-side, Irresistible, Irresistible Bitch from 83. Same bass line. He also used that bass line on another song that he had on the crystal ball called chlorine um, bacon skin so it's just that same little you know that little something like that and then it's just like more of a funky like that wasn't i I wouldn't classify that as as techno that's really funk i also like the drums on this yeah very very funky very very in the pocket and again this is another one of those songs that was recorded in the warehouse where Prince tells us a, a little uh, story about, you know, a woman he saw in a magazine and uh-huh. he really enjoyed it. <clears throat> Which, it's just wild to me because I'm, I'm just like, even the subject matter on this, like, we'll have a song like Tamarine, but then literally the song we're about to talk about next, I was waiting to, you know, ask a particular question, which I think I know the answer to, but, you know, just always have to ask. 
like he was just so layered just with everything mm-hmm. like I feel like we all think a lot but who, who can put all their thoughts into just so many so much dope stuff I mean he just definitely had a whole bunch of artistry with himself the way he really did stuff it was just like crazy just the way that he would just just the way he came up with stuff I mean like even just going like thinking about tambourine and I think about the lyrics like <clears throat> about how he's going with this stuff and just thinking about talking about oh my god he you are the prettiest thing in life I've ever seen close my eyes what it's like what's it like inside your tambourine like he's talking about pussy <laughs> right but he's calling it tambourine and I'm like <clears throat> The way we see stuff now, whatever, which I do not want to make this entire thing bashing modern music, but I'm like, they would have just said pussy. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, Prince is just smooth. It can just, oh, yeah, you know, I can, like, you know the metaphor. I ain't got to say it. And at this point, Prince had done said it. I mean, you know, at some point in time, hopefully you'll have me back on uh, your Ox Me Later or your um, album reviews because this will also, October, will be the 40th year anniversary of his Dirty Mind album. Hey, I'm down. We'll go and ahead so, and set that in stone. And so Dirty Mind was the album that pushed Prince into the, like, it really pushed him into, like, the new wave, because he was very new wave and punk, too. Like, he was very, like, R&B, pop, but he was very new wave and punk, too. And so that Dirty Mind album is very grungy, and that is, like, the first time, like, that album, he didn't really have many songs that you could play on the radio. Like, this is, like, the first time. This is, like, an album. How you go from I Want to Be a Lover in 79 to 1980, you're talking about a song called Head, and you're talking about getting head on your wedding night. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, he literally talks about getting head on his wedding night, and he came on her wedding gown. Like, oh, I mean... Man. I mean, that album was very raunchy. I mean, that album talks about a lover um, already getting a train run on her or whatever, and he comes walking in on it. And then he talks about having a dirty mind, being perverted. He talks about head on the song. But then he also talks about incest and having sex with his sister. So <laughs> it's a lot of what goes on in this album, which pushed him into that whole controversy area um, era which pushed him into the 1999 era, which pushed him into uh, Purple Rain, which pushed him to this album. So it was really a progression. I'm looking at Dirty Mind album cover right now, and I'm like, okay, I have seen this. Even just... Well, man, you remember I, I had the album, but I had the poster on my wall, and that was the one he had that Speedo on, and that's when he started wearing the trench coat. Right. Now that you mention that, I think I do recall that. Mm-hmm. Huh. It was all around me. I didn't even realize it. Right. Mm, track six, track six, America. Did this end up? This ended up being a single, correct? Yeah, it was the last single that they came out with, um, October of '85. I remember listening to this, and um, I can't remember if like my buddy. I can't remember what album he said he has on vinyl from Prince. But I was like, yo, I was like, Prince was woke as hell at 85. He's like, yo, Prince was always this way. Always. 
like, I was like, I did. I mean, I, I, I knew he was woke in like different aspects. I'm like, damn, even like social shit too. Like, yo, absolutely. I mean, so like a song like America, Prince is like always been woke. Like this goes back to '81 because I mean he wasn't really thinking about anything political prior to. So it's like you had. 78 and 79, which would let me... 78 was like, well, let me put me out here. 79, well, let me try to get some more songs on the radio. 1980, Dirty Mind was like, fuck the radio. Like, I'm just going to put... I'm just going to put an album out, and it's going to be like... First of all, so like... I have to lead you to the progression of even this song. It's like... Okay. when you talk, It's like layers to all this shit. When you talk about his music. So it's like 80, it's like, fuck the radio. So 81 became his what kind of like led him to america so 81 was a lot of yeah he talked about sexual things like in song sexuality which wasn't even really sexuality it was just talking about freedom of speech and being sexual and liberated Mm -hmm. but like in controversy like that track and and it's almost eight minutes he he talks about do i believe in god do i believe in me um People call me rude. I wish we all were prudes. I wish the world was black and white. I wish we all were Jews or whatever, you know, whatever he says there. And then he got, uh, I didn't even quote the right. I messed that up. But then he goes like, people think I'm black or white or straight or gay. Like all of this, but then goes to go to reciting the Lord's Prayer later in the song. Right. And I'm like. Like at the end. (laughs) I mean, then to you flip the, the album around after Do Me Baby. And then it's like he starts singing about my private joy, which is a girl. But then Latoya Jackson sang about it, and she made it thing about a vibrator. And uh, but then you had the song, which comes into more like political, which controversy was political as well. You had a song called Ronnie Talked to Russia. Ronnie Talked to Russia was talking about Ronald Reagan and what was going on then. And it also talked about when Ronald Reagan got shot, like um, in his next song, like Andy Christian. Like, well, it had, like, less work, but Andy Christian was, like, one of those songs that was, like, another political. It talked about everything that was going on. So he was, like, very woke. So when he got to 1999, he um, he talked about stuff. He didn't get as political, but then it was, like, back to track six, America. Like, um, God shed his, you know, grace on thee, and then um, keep our children free. And he talked about freedom, love. Um, you know, the extended version of this this track actually went on for a very long time. He did that with, I ain't gonna say a lot of, well, shit, I couldn't say a lot of tracks, but he would have these jam sessions where they were just going for like, shit, 10 plus, maybe 20 plus minutes sometimes. So yeah, so when he recorded the track for this album, <clears throat> the track, it actually ran out, It the tape ran out, but... <laughs> It's like they it's ran out crazy. of tape, but it was twenty one minutes. It was twenty one minutes and forty six seconds. It just makes me think, like I wish people could have been in different eras, because if he would have had the technology that we have now, my God. And this was another one of those tracks that was recorded in the warehouse. Mm, mm, mm. So this is actually kind of like making me rehash on it. And if anything is, you know, you went back, you listened to it. I didn't even go back and listen to none of the tracks on this album. Right, because I know you still like. Not even still know all of these. You know so many of these. Like, yeah. Like, is it safe to say this is your favorite artist? This is my favorite artist. 
Yes, absolutely. That's what I was thinking. Like I, I yeah, I'm Prince, pretty Prince, sure I always knew bar, it was Prince. Bar none, Prince. I listen to Prince. I listen to something Prince every day. It's on. It, it's on something. Like I remember when he passed. I'm like, yo, I gotta hit my brother up. Oh yeah, you hit me. Uh, you, you were gone at the time. Yeah, mom called me. Um and was just like you okay? Like I legit cried, like broke down, like it was not. I did not get out of bed all day, and it was raining here that day, raining very bad, and I just did not get out of bed. It was just too much. It just felt so weird because I'm like, y'all just saw my man at the Warriors game, like you know, just like a couple of days ago. And then it's like boom, <laughs> like he showed up with platform shoes and like two chicks. It was just crazy. That thing still wiped me out. I don't. Let me see. I, I don't think we were to. I don't even. I don't even think you were back in. Were you back in Goldsboro when Mike passed in '09? No, you weren't back yet. No. I, was I remember me and I remember me and mom were like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah, because I didn't come at home to 2011. Okay. Um. But, like, America, very, you know, kind of just subject song. Um, I enjoy it. It's probably like one of, I, it's one of one of my songs I like on it, but it's kind of like one of those songs, like, it was there. Yeah. The track, the track order of this album is, like, interesting, how the tracks flow. Love the guitar on this one, which, I mean, I don't think I hate any of the music or anything. Like, of course not, but. Right. One of the standouts. <laughs> We're on to track seven, Pop Life. Um, glad we're here because we're at my favorite song. I so, thought it was, I thought it was gonna be Raspberry song. Beret. Oh, see, see, look how that works. That's crazy. Yeah, this is my favorite song up here. Um, besides like Condition of the Heart, those are like my two favorite songs. Like if I had to do top one, two, and three, Pop Life, Condition of the Heart, Paisley Park. Okay. Like sadly, <laughs> coming up on the next two songs are probably two songs that I don't care for. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean they're okay. They are like good songs, but these are like the lesser of the of the evil, I guess. Like they're oh they're the the kind of the dark clouds. I got a funny story I actually want to ask you when we get to the next track, but on this one I'm gonna say something and I'm gonna just let you unleash because okay. <clears throat> so I heard it and I'm like, yo, this is hard. Like which I mean like you been saying this whole album's been cool, but like I got in this one, I'm like, okay, I'm vibing. I did my research, you know, it was recorded February of 84. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Prince talks about the struggle of music, being a star, you know, lack of privacy, heightened criticism, drug use, negative influences. Um, we had Winnie Lee on background vocals. We had Winnie's brother Jonathan on this one. And the the funniest thing to me, I think I saw two things or whatever. I can't remember what um I think on Pac's, one of his first posthumous albums or whatever, it was uh, Pac's Life sampled this song. Uh-huh. That was cool, because I'm like, okay, that was one of the tracks I knew. And the very end, <laughs> it told me, at least, you know, the internet, it told me that the very end part was an, an audio snippet from where he got booed off stage in 81 on, like, from um, opening up for the Rolling Stones. So it's rumors of that, but it's actually a sound clip from the library set of sound ideas. Okay, yeah, t- tell me all about it. 
So, I mean, it just have those uh, studio sounds. I mean, those sounds that they could put on albums or whatever. But a lot of people was rumored that it was those booze, but it wasn't. I've heard those booze before. That's, see, and I just want to say, because I made sure to write that, write that down. Because I'm like, yo, was people booing Prince? I'm like, was it just because, like, the Rolling Stones? Well, you got to understand, like, people, people really didn't understand him then, like, I mean, him, like, being out there. Have you seen the pictures? Of, like, because he was, like, out in a stadium, like, outside. And this was, like, a big-ass, packed-ass stadium. And he out there, and they throwing bottles on stage, like, at him. You know, people was wild back in the day. And this is also, you got to understand, at this point, you know, he had white fans, but this won't pop for Prince yet. This was, like, Prince, two albums in, just put out Dirty Mind, going on tour, like, I do want to ask that, like, kind of in depth and everything, because, like, what you say, like, people throwing bottles and stuff, like, you know, got back into wrestling or whatever. Like, I've been watching some 90s wrestling. And I'm like, yo, people didn't give a fuck. Like, they would dead ass throw trash and shit, like, in the ring. And I'm like, yo, they would get kicked out of the arena so quick now. Like, they don't play none of that shit. But, like, you oh. know, back then, a lot of stuff was free game. Oh, so, as far as you say shit. about, like, people not understanding him, I guess, okay, if you're, like, you know, just. You you raised black in the 80s, like, yo, you know, we know R&B, funk, soul, like all this. And Prince is kind of doing that, but he's doing rock. He's doing, you know, all this type of stuff. Like, were black and white people kind of like, yo, like, what is what is dude doing? Is, is that, Was that it? Yeah, well, people just really didn't know, uh, didn't really know how to categorize him. Because his music just wasn't just like this big one thing. Because back then, well, I'm not going to say back then, they still do it now, but people want to put you in a box of you're an R&B artist, you're a soul artist, you're a pop artist, you know. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm Prince. Like, I do everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, and people just didn't get it, I guess. Well, you know, Stevie Wonder was one of his favorite artists, and Stevie Wonder plays everything. I literally asked some homies that yesterday, so I'm going to ask you now because I, I'm, I would love to hear your opinion on it. You know, when people talk about, you know, artists and where they are as far as, like, the all times and, you know, just everything. Is Stevie a name that doesn't get appreciated and, like, his flowers as much as he should? Um, I think he gets very well appreciated. I think we need to hold on and appreciate him more now because of the way people are falling off the damn earth. Yeah. Anytime something, but when this coronavirus happened, I was like, I need to call Stevie. Somebody need to have him in a damn air pressure room and keep him out. Because he'd be (laughs) wanted off not seeing him. Look, gee, somebody said it best. They was like, yo, like, like Stevie singing at everybody's funeral. Like, do we ever, like, sit here and think, like, yo, like, Stevie been around since what? 67? Okay, damn. I was going to say 70 something. Stevie came out when he was 11 years old in 1961. That is incredible. It's been recording for almost 60 years. Which I'm sure I know you can go in depth about that or whatever one day. Like Stevie, as far as like, I heard there was like, you know, he, there was Motown Stevie and then there was post Motown Stevie. Well, that's hard to say Motown Stevie because Stevie Wonder has also been the artist that has always been on Motown. He's never been on any other label but Motown. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I don't know what he's on now, but I know, I never want to feel like he's still in Motown. And all of his, 
All of I haven't albums seen it, but I saw that they got a new Motown like doc or whatever that was breaking down a lot of shit. But it's it's on the it's on the platform I don't have. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, you know, you could tell that Stevie Wonder was an influence of his. You could also tell like he was very heavily influenced by Sly and the Family Stone, Santana. Okay. Uh, Sly and the Family Stone is also kind of like the blueprint of what his what the revolution was based off of. Uh, mixed gender, mixed race. So it's kind of like, yeah, pretty much. That, that's kind of like how it's like how it was for him, how everything was like set up. That's also. I'm like. <laughs> so I'm looking at a picture of Sly and the Family Stone now, and I'm like, this is gonna be some shit. I'm gonna have to just dive into maybe tonight, but yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna know a lot of these songs. But right now, I'm just like, yo. Like, I'm seeing black dudes with afros, white dudes, like, this is crazy. Kind of an old lady in the back. Another woman. Yeah. Taking so many notes about what I'm going to have to do later on, man. I mean, it's just a lot, like, to dive into. He was really, like, I mean, he loved Shaka Khan and Rufus. I mean, like I said, he loved Santana, so you can hear all of that and all of those influences, like, when he started recording his music. But, like, he, that was that was just, like, really, like, a thing of his. Also, shout out Shaka or whatever. I've been trying to tell people, <laughs> feel for you is <laughs> like one of my favorite songs. You know, the funny thing is, that's like an unpopular opinion with me and people. Like, that was probably like one song by her I don't like. Really? Really. Hmm. I know in particular, which, well, I guess, of course, because of course I do it now, right? But I remember for a while, like, I didn't go fully through albums. But I'm like, it's crazy, too, because, like, you know, our cousin Mike actually got me back on that. But I was like, how could I be that way? Because you're the one that got me going through full albums. Like, no, you got to start from stop, like the very top to the very bottom. Well, you know, like nowadays I learned how to appreciate albums that I didn't really appreciate then now because the lack of damn creativity <sighs> out now. Yeah. And, you know, I'd be doing that, too. Like, I'll tell you, like, yo, like I've been going back listening to. Like I told you, I was going back and exploring Janet, and I have to go back through other albums, but I've went through like two so far. Yeah, I told you, just um, don't get on that swim pool album. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm doing. Uh, let me see. I've done Rhythm Nation and uh, Control. Oh Janet. Yeah, yeah, I love Janet. I'm listen. But yeah, this song was absolutely incredible. I was just like, yo, which. I don't know why I'm, I wouldn't even say shocked is the word or whatever. I'm just like, yeah, it's much appreciated, man. Like this is going to go into, you know, whenever I'm going through Prince records now, it's definitely going to be one. I can't skip anytime yeah. it pops up. Yeah. I mean, pop life. I mean, it's just a jam. They don't get no better than that. Then you got Sheila E playing the drums. I'm going to have to look her up too. Cause I don't think I, well, I'm pretty sure I know who that is, but it's just not popping up right now. See the chick that's saying glamorous life. Huh? Sheila E, gotcha. Okay, I have seen her before, yes. And then, have you ever seen, life. you ever seen the movie uh, Crush Groove? I can't say that I have unless it was shown back in the day. I mean, I'm pretty sure you've seen it if you've been around me, but go watch that just yeah. for the culture and just for you. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's one of the like joints you was playing you and I was just like you too young. You can't, uh, you can't be my brother and I have seen that movie. You got also, to, um, too, um, we're, we're, 
<laughs> which uh, before we get to the next track or whatever, I just want to say one of our favorite movies of all time um, growing up. Do you know what I'm thinking? Which one? <laughs> well, we got a couple. I mean, we got uh, a few. Our, <laughs> music from the heart. Uh, music of the heart. Of, of the heart. Yo, don't you got that on DVD now? I do. <laughs> when I say we played the living hell out of that movie, I think on like uh, back when we had Direct TV and shit. And then you know that's still my movie. Stuff. Yeah, we got a couple of them, man. Oh my god! But that I, I just remember that one was oh my god. Yeah, we stayed watching that and glitter. And I tell people, man, I'm like, yo, give it. I don't like, first of all, I don't know. You need to have a damn, like, you be having an ox me later. You need to have a red box me later. Oh, oh no, I got I got the after credits for TV and film. Okay, after credits. Okay, great. Yeah, and I mean, because, like, I, I, you know, I, we have, like, which you were around and you got me on Glitter. And even, like, I mean, I need to go back and watch it because it's been some years now. But I'm like, people shit on Glitter, but for what Glitter was. So, first of all, I don't allow people to come and slander Glitter in my home <laughs> or anywhere. You. Like, you're not going to come. You're not going to come in here and come, come for Glitter. Like We enjoyed that movie. And our mom played the hell out of Mariah. Like, you, you're not, you're not going to come for Glitter at all. Because, listen, that movie, hey... That's my movie. I mean, was this some bad acting? Sure. Was the storyline here not much? Not really. But um, not really. But I mean, it wasn't a bad movie either. Now, I don't seen some bad movies. And I'm not trying to shit on her. I'm not trying to shit on um, was it Sherelle? But Mariah did those songs a little better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I, mean, I, I like, you know, I, I love those records. Like, come on, man. Wait, sweet. We get too much in the glitter, man. Good gracious. We'll be here. Yeah, we'll be here for a while, but yeah. <laughs> uh, track eight, the ladder. So I have to say, I, I'm going to say a little things, and then I have a question for you before I want you to talk about the track. Okay. So I thought this was absolutely beautiful. It's Prince. Why am I shot? Like I said, I keep saying, why am I shot? But it was, this was beautiful. Um, his dad actually helped um, write it, or maybe well, you know they 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 went back and forth on the writing. Um, well, it's kind of like hard to say where his dad was like included um, in the songwriting. Um, Prince also used to give credit to people, so it's not really okay quite known what his involvement really was. When I clicked um, on it on Rap Genius, it it popped up a couple of other songs where it said he was credited. Like I think Computer yeah. Blue, like you named a, like a lot of tracks, right? Because I know in the movie at least or whatever, his dad was also an artist. Mm-hmm. I mean, Prince was named from his trio. His trio was called the Prince Rogers Trio. Okay. I think the most, uh, not even the most interesting, or whatever. Besides, like the way his dad was portrayed in the movie, you know, like I don't know all the details of that. Don't really care to go into that, but like the one thing that um, threw, like, not threw me off, whatever that he said in like least appropriate movie where he was like, he's like, oh, you know, he's like you, you you did all this music. He's like, yeah, that's the difference between me and you, or whatever. I don't need to write it down, right? And I'm like, okay, so you out here? I got you. But last thing I want to say before I let you go off, and I also have a question too, because 
I saw something and I sent it to one of my homies who is big into gospel music. Uh-huh. Because I said, you know, this kind of gave me like maybe look, you know, a little bit of gospel vibes, right? Right. Oh, also it's um it was uh it's sampled in Tupac's I I get around, one of my favorite Pac songs. So when I found that out, I was like, okay, <laughs> that's that's crazy. But so when I saw the whole gospel thing, it took me to, I think, a couple of weeks ago, maybe like two or whatever. I randomly was on Facebook or whatever, you know, just here and there. And I saw where you <laughs> you had posted something or reposted something about um one of the uh, Clark sisters in like a Lifetime movie that's coming out. Oh, uh, yeah, that's coming out tomorrow. Oh, that's to- oh, that's tomorrow? Yeah. I told my homie, I said, I don't know how many lifetime I'm gonna have to download the app on my Xbox or something, but I'm gonna find a way to watch that damn movie because just off excuse me, just off the little two minutes I saw on that shit you posted, I was crying. Right. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> we need your live commentary on that. Like well, I you know wait. I'm gonna be doing it. I, <laughs> I'm gonna be doing it. I'm ready. I know nothing about them, so that's all going to be brand new to me. Right. So I cannot wait. I think the little bit I know is um as wild as it sounds or whatever, but you know it's twenty twenty. Uh, I literally found when well, I found out, I realized a, a Karen Clark Shear song because everyone kept using it all like a meme or whatever. But first of all, well, yeah, maybe now. <clears throat> Let's see. Now you really wouldn't remember that because. That was like in the nineties, but your yeah. mama used to wear out Karen Clark's year. The and finally then, Karen uh, album. It, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you see how I knew it was. <laughs> I told. Look, I don't. Look, I do not remember if the full albums, but I remember certain ones. Like, I'm trying to tell you. I think to this day, whatever. If I replayed um Whitney Houston Heartbreak Hotel, I wouldn't know shit because when I say she wore that album out, at least whenever I was growing up. We, I mean, we literally could have a podcast <laughs> off, just off of. What got what out? <laughs> I mean, we like all day. I mean, we could have, we could easily have a whole three seasons just off of one conversation, <laughs> and y'all would be, and the people would be weak. But yo, like, what's what's the Mariah album with the rainbow? Rain, uh, rainbow. Yo, <laughs> I think I'm telling you, that's another one. Like if that's we just not the one she wore out. She she wore out that um, she wore out. That um, Daydream album. Hmm. She wore that album out. I'm looking that up right now, whatever, because I'm want to say I'm gonna recognize the cover as soon as I see it. That was the one with Fantasy. Got you, Daydream. Oh, God. yep, I do know. Yep, I know this one. Ninety-five. Yep. Ninety-five. Is this Taylor Street Days? Yep. So she ain't making nothing but roast by this point or whatever, just wearing this album out. Oh yeah, like I mean, <laughs> she had. I mean, she wore that album out, and then she wore the butterfly album out too. She wore all the Mariah Carey albums out. That was her favorite. I mean, and you know, Mariah was her favorite. She didn't wear the glitter album out. She didn't like that one. But at least you was out the house by the time she was on um, Emancipation of Mimi One. Oh yeah, I was in college. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you at least you weren't around for that one because my God. Now I don't know how she felt about E equals MC squared, but that first one. Yeah. 
She got yeah, on Fantasia by that point. I felt triggered the other day. Um, damn, Jaheem came on and I oh started screaming. <laughs> I started screaming. I was like, he yeah. know. Yeah, yo, the last <laughs> time, the last time I was home, well, not, well, maybe not the last time I was home, but one time I was home, I showed it with Jaheem. Jaheem, Jaheem wore the um, Whitney's funeral. That blue suit. Oh yeah. Yeah, it took her down. I said, "This your man is right here. This him." I saw her where he looked like now. And I said, like, "This, I said, this ain't the ghetto little." No, I said, "He look like, uh, look like um, somebody up, um, somebody out there um downtown somewhere in West Haven somewhere." <laughs> Y'all know yeah, something real quick. Sitting on the porch, sitting out there on the porch, sitting on the front porch with a look, drinking out of um, old, drinking the old forty out the bag all day. Yeah, out the bag, bag brown bagging with it. Yeah, mm. I'm just like, hmm. I'm trying to think who I mean. Shit, well, man, let me, let me stop. I said like, we can we can go on and on about stuff or whatever. I know mom was just not yeah. gonna stop playing. Mm-mm. Between that and then dad and that liquor house music, good lord. Oh god. Yeah, I'm, let's. Yeah, I'm still triggered. <laughs> I, I, I think I hid the CD at one point. Listen. I'm not joking. Like I, I dead ass like I hid that joint. I, like, I, used I, pe- I used to periodically go mess up them wires and them stereo just on purpose. Because <laughs> I, I knew he wasn't going to move it to fix it. So, yeah, uh, what, do you, what do you have to say about um, the latter? Um, so, actually, I, I was mistaken. It wasn't the latter. I actually like the latter. I don't. It was the last song. The latter, okay. I like the latter. Um, also, the introduction to the latter was used for another one of his songs. It was used for the beginning of the song, Our Destiny. Which was on the, it was on the Purple Rain um, Deluxe Edition. Um, it was the song that Lisa did the vocals on. She actually, this is like one song, like she had the lead vocals on the song, but they used that little string intro before the ladder starts. That was actually recorded for the uh, Destiny. Okay. And um. That was another one of them songs that was kind of like completed and worked on with Wendy and Lisa. But the latter, I like the latter. The latter is pretty chill. Um, I like what it's talking about. It's a, it's a good one. And this was, uh, he actually recorded that song like in an arena. It was recorded. I mean, that song was recorded live. That is a quick, a quick little thought right there. I always, which I mean, which we keep saying, you know, we don't see a lot of this stuff now. When, uh, like, the mainstream version of the song or something that's, like, live, I'm like, that just shows, like, yo, you was on your shit. You know what I'm saying? You're, wow. not, mail- you're not mailing in live performances or whatever. Like, I've always loved that about certain songs. But I thought this was absolutely beautiful. I, um... I'm sitting here thinking because I was like, I should have, like, definitely went back. I, it almost feels like I want to go back and listen to Temptation real quick. But I know, like, the latter, like, I, I remember that. That's kind of where it stopped. Like, um, it was like, if I had the weaker song off the album, it would be the last one that we'll talk about. Right. But the latter was cool. It was just kind of one of them filler tracks to me. Yeah, like a ladder in the art, in the yeah. artwork or whatever. You know, he's talking about, like, looking for answers and what's next. And I'm like, you know, stuff we all go through or whatever, which <sighs> I'm not even going to talk about Drake, but. It's always a song I've just been going back to, whatever, like, you know, like, on Scorpions, where I'm like, you know, people really didn't like Scorpions, but Drake just had a song towards the end where he was just talking about, like, yo, like, what's next? Like, what am I going to do? Like, 
yeah. what's going on for me. I, you know, yeah, yeah. It was just kind of like one of them songs. I, like as I'm sitting here thinking about, it, like I had to play it, play it back in my head real quick. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a pretty dope song. Yeah. Cause I had to sit here and think, and it was like I said, it was recorded live, and then the next day, like, you know, he recorded that song on Halloween. Okay. And the final mixing of the song was done on Christmas Eve. Hmm. So yeah, it was recorded Halloween '84. Got you. But yeah, that's all I really got on that track. Before we get on to the outro. Yeah, like I like I'm mean, saying that thing like, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So track nine, Temptation. Uh what I have for this one is, you know, get to the outro, Prince is talking about sex. Lust, Temptation, of course, as title suggests. This was one where it was just like, yep, he played every instrument on this, except for saxophone. It was played by, and I made sure to write this down because I wanted to ask if you knew who this was, um, Eddie Minningfield? Eddie Minningfield. Hmm. I'm thinking, but... Um... Let me see. Oh, you're, I, talking I, about, you're talking about Eddie M. Gotcha. Yes, Eddie, Eddie M. Uh, yeah, Eddie M. was uh, a saxophone player in Sheila E.'s band, and then he played like in the Revolution for a little while. Okay. Because literally, when you go to like, well, on Rap Genius and everything, as far as like I said, produced by Prince, written by Prince, you know, all vocals and instruments, Prince. Well, if you ever <laughs> really want to do more research on Prince albums, there's a website called PrinceVault.com. And it has like okay. all his songs, unreleased songs. It's like all like who participated on it, like all of it. It's like extensive research. Only thing I was watching before this was um, it was like little clips on um YouTube, but like I think Yahoo's YouTube where they got the Revolution, and they were talking about you know each album, kind of just little three minute joints. Mm-hmm. And when they got to this album, they were like you know. People are like, yo, how you guys going to follow up Purple Rain? And it's like, you know, yeah, we did it. We did the video, you know, the, the movie and all that stuff and went, that's with, with it. And Prince was like, yeah, on to the next or whatever. Let's go ahead and, write, you know, let's go ahead and get this I out. I mean, this out. is how he was. It was like literally like soon, soon as like Purple Rain tour ended, it was like, boom, here go this album. And he did not, he did not go on the tour for that album. Yeah. They were like, and they talked about literally what we had said as far as, you know, he didn't have a single or like originally. He was just like, yeah, yeah just give it to the radio people and you guys pick it. And then they were like, nah, you kind of got it, did it. And like, like, like you said at the very beginning, um, he was putting out stuff every year and people are kind of saying like, yo, you know, like it just you, you're putting out too much stuff. Like you don't want to oversaturate the market. Prince is like, I mean, what do you mean? Like. Are you, do you are you a fan of me? Or are you a fan of like this work? It's talking about like Purple Rain. But just thought that was really dope. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's like a lot. I mean, Lord, we can go on and on and on and on. Um, <clears throat> like just go on and on and on, like about all his albums. Like 
it's a lot. I mean, I thought it was a cool outro. I'm trying to remember, was it this or the ladder that was like eight minutes? And I was like, oh my god. Uh, Temptation is eight minutes. Okay, so I think um, before it had to be like like five-ish. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, okay, you about to give us some shit or whatever. Is this long right here? And this made like the only time that he recorded a song at like Capitol Records in their studios. So a quick question about that, because I know you've mentioned that like all episode. Were people um, recording from like, you know, their home studios back then? That was, yeah. was that a, okay. I mean, um, if you think about the Phil Collins album where he got he does in the air tonight, that was recorded in his bedroom. A lot of it. Is Phil Collins someone underrated? I need to go back and really check. Check him out. I like him. I, I mean, of course, I, of course, I know in the air tonight. That's a classic. Well, you I know, know everybody. Right me. You know everybody was like Kanye was on his Phil Collins when he did Heartbreak Saint Louis. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you go back and listen to the um, Kanye um, gospel album? No. Me and my homie reviewed it, so if you don't want to go through that, if you want to go through the album, go back and check that out. A little shameless plug for you guys. Me and the homie Don, we, we went through that one, which he's a Kanye stan, and I am a big fan of Kanye, but God, I mean, just something. Yeah, I have to go back and like, check on that. I know it's like awkward like for you with this album. Like, uh, I yeah, I just know, like, when we do another one of these, it'll be dope. Like, when we start talking about, like, TLC stuff, like an album oh, that like, you both, like, come up God. with. Because, I mean, I know it's, like, hard for you. Like, this is, like, an album I know a whole lot about. And you, like, kind of just learning about the album yes. more so, like, as I talk about it. So it's almost like a learning lesson for you. And, um, and you know, it's, like, it's, like, different doing, like, a podcast like this. But it's cool. And, you know, which I'll, I'll tell the people now, too. We, we've spoke about... Because um, last year actually was the 20-year anniversary of fan mail. Uh-huh. And the only reason that didn't come out last year was, I mean, you know, think about it, guys. I didn't start till like, the end of June. Like, really, July was, like, the first month I was really getting on my feet with this. I wasn't really good with editing until about August, <laughs> you know. So it was just a lot of stuff and everything. And me and my brother are really busy men. But yes, that will get done. Now, and like we said or whatever, which I've told him or whatever, that was the first, well, eh, that was the set. Was that was that before? Well, which I ain't gonna say was it before, but like, did I know and love that one before I knew and love Ooh and the TLC tip? It's kind of like you were getting into fan mail. I put you onto that, and then I put you onto Ooh and the TLC. And I don't know if I put them onto you first. Yeah. I can't remember. I want to feel like you were getting onto them at the same time. Yeah, it was kind of that. Like, because I think I, I want to feel like you listen to ooh, because you were learning fan mail as it came out. Like I had you listen to that, and then I think I took you back with on the TLC tip. Because yet again, that was another one of them CDs I bought from CD Warehouse. I mean, everyone knows no scrubs. We always said that we laughed at the video, um, the the unpretty video. Yeah, we thought that was pure like comedy. And I, later on, or whatever, which I'm not gonna say. Oh, you know, you didn't exactly get me into um. You know the middle album? Nah, you can't listen to that one on your own. I listen to it, but and, and like, I, was, I was still like, I get it too, because like you know, me and my brother have like a little age gap, but I I felt like he was like, you know what? It's not really time for Mookie to get into that yet. Yeah. And I did later on, and I that one's it's really dope. Like I've been I've been catching a lot with that one because it was one of the ones I just didn't know back then, and 
you know, me and Jay always say we don't know about that that fourth album that people speak of. That's that's fake news. Yeah, because I was just sitting here trying to think about what was it even called, but then I was like, three D, three D. Yeah, yeah, that was three decisions that I decided not to uh, <laughs> listen to. It. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was yeah. like, don't, do not, <laughs> don't even. That's yeah, that was bad. that's a that's a posthumous album that I mean, shit. I don't even think we watched that whole little that whole little series where they tried to find a quote unquote new left eye, but they wasn't looking for someone to replace Lisa. And I'm just like, so if you if, are you doing it, or are you not? Like, because that that kind of sounds contradicting. I just I feel like at that time, I honestly feel like at that time they were broke and they was trying to find a way to get some coins. And like oh, so I, I I don't know if it was the first. Um, the first time I ever watched Behind the Music, but that is the most classic Behind the Music, at least from my childhood, where they talked about being broke <laughs> on PH1. <laughs> like, because yo. I'm trying to figure out, like, even when you look at T-Bars, like, and I don't even know how we got on this tangent, but I'm going to say this, like, why is her net worth only, her net worth only $500,000? It's ridiculous, man. It is really ridiculous. It's only five hundred thousand, but uh, the rest of them are in the, the other two are in the, in the millions. And T. Boz is the lead singer, right? <laughs> like, what the hell was happening? And she even came out with a solo song. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, she was talking about when she alone, she touched herself. She don't need nobody else. It's you, baby. <laughs> Whoa, what? You say what? She, you know, she heard somewhere, and now I'm alone, I touch myself, I don't need nobody else, cause it's you, baby. Yo, a lot of her, a lot of her joints, like, I ain't gonna say joints, basically, I'm saying whatever. Basically, she was saying, when you are away, I don't need a cheat, I'm just gonna touch myself, cause you the only one. I about to say, she ain't trying to pull her version of, uh, Anita Baker with, uh, with a Tyrese joint, is she? Oh, uh, no. Ugh. <laughs> We 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 we. I don't remember that. I, I've erased that from my memory banks. <laughs> oh no! Last thing I'm gonna say about TLC. I was joking with a lot of homies a couple of years ago, where I'm just like, "Yo, you know, I went back through like, you know, crazy, sexy, cool," and I'm like, "Why is it? Why why um why left eye verse on waterfalls better than a lot of dudes' verses these days?" I mean, pretty much. They <laughs> they, like, they were they was just like a whole nother unique group, like in their own little right. I mean, Lord. And the funny thing is, they actually, you know, we talking about Prince. You know, they actually covered one of the time songs for the Poetic Justice soundtrack, "Get It Up." Okay. So I mean, he got royalties for that. And then I mean, they actually covered "If I Was Your Girlfriend." I. Do That's I know cool. that? It was on Crazy Sexy Cool. Damn, I'm going to have to go back through that one then. Because, of course, I know the Prince song. Mm-hmm. But T-Boz was singing it. You know, her ashy. Little... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. It's 444. Mm-hmm. Time to turn on some Jay-Z. I'm just playing. I know that one was good. I, I really like that album. Yeah, I just like uh I don't know, um 
I'm sitting here now because I'm like, now I need to start reviewing albums. Like, since you, like, told me to, like, review some albums, I've just been going there just reviewing, like, older albums, like, to review them now. And I'm now finding stuff that I thought was dope years ago. I listen to some stuff now, and I'd be like, what the hell was this? Oh, yeah, like most stuff, which I'll say this because um, the joint I sent you earlier, which I'll tell the people about, it was like, you know, you're quarantined, you're stuck in 1996. You know, which album is are you listening to? And it was, let me pull this up, guys. Um, the albums were Nas, it was written, Mob Deep, um, Hell on Earth, Ghostface Killer, Iron Man, um, Outkast, AT Aliens, Tupac, Machiavelli, Jay Z, um, Reasonable Doubt. Was this oh hardcore by Little Kim, the Fuji's a score, and I don't know this Red Man album. Let me look that up right quick. But G, you want to tell the people what you said? So yeah, I looked at this thing and Muddy Waters, um, Muddy Waters by Red Man. There we go. I looked at this thing. And I, I had to think about it long and hard, long and hard, because I really love Nas' album. That was like it was written. That was like with, with, if I ruled the world. Um, I've, only, I've only been through Illmatic, Stillmatic, and Life Is Good. Oh, and Nasir. So, then no. the Fuji's was like another album of mine. The score that's what killing me softly. Fuji La. Um, so you want to hear you want to hear a funny story. Mm-hmm. So when I first saw that and everything, I originally sent it to um, Mikey first, and he said, um, I think he said Nas. Yeah, he said Nas. I'm looking at originally, it right now. you know, originally I was gonna go with that. But it was like, I kept like, I mean, I love the Fugees. And I really love Reasonable Doubt. I like Hardcore. And I like Machiavelli. But I had to really go with Outkast, AT Aliens. Because that album, that album had a lot of girth to it. Layers, they were really getting into their big thing. That was the whole Elevators, Me and You. I really loved that CD. So, um, he had said yeah. it was written, and then he was like, "Yo," because I was I was gonna ask Rod too, which I sent it to Rod, and he also said, "Um, he oh, Rod said the Fugees." So mm-hmm. I sent it to you and Jordan because Mike uh, Mike said, "Yo, send it to uh, Jordan and G." He said, "My guess for G is the Fugees, and for Jordan it's um Mob Deep." But you and Jordan both said AT Aliens, and I was just about to say. I was really onto AT Aliens because that was Jordan's. That was Jordan's fucking CD. He said he literally played it so much because the cassette broke. <laughs> he did, like he broke the cassette. Like he had it. He wore. He wore that thing out. That's the album I gotta go back to because um, I have. Uh, God, what is oh, the one I have in the car? I'm tripping. I'm tripping. Why am I blinking right now? Um. God, guys, I'm just blanking. It's been so much music talk or whatever. Um, Quimini, Quimini. I have a Quimini in the car. And that's my favorite right there now. I, I, I got a Quimini in the car, and people are like, yo, why that album of all albums? <laughs> Funny you ask. Um, shout out to FYE. Their $5 bin literally was my staple whenever I was broke in college. So I'd go in there and just be like, okay, what, 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 what in here could I possibly like? 
And I saw that and I said, okay, I'll check this out. Five dollars, this ain't nothing. And I'm like, yo, this album's crazy. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, and this CD, like, I mean, although Equimini was actually the album, the album that I really but like the AT Aliens was like it that was it. But I mean like if I had to go with next album, it would be it would be Nas. Like the Fuji's, I mean, if I had to take the Fuji's the score album and really break it down, I mean, I'm gonna have to review that album actually go back and kind of do it myself. Like later, I need to actually kind of go back and listen to that album because all I can think about is like all the songs that were singles. Right. So I mean, I remember, I remember Corey playing this one time. I was at his house like way back in the day. Well, that's who put me on to the Fuji's was Corey. Okay. Because Corey had that first album, like, totally blended on reality. Hmm. And that's how I knew them, because the score was their second album. Look, look, that's that's news to me. I didn't know that. And the funny thing is, the score came out, I was in the fifth grade. Hmm. Yeah, I was fifth grade. Yeah, like, I had to think about that. But, yeah, I mean, I picked picked AT Aliens as well. And I was sitting strong and hard on Nas for a minute. But I was sitting very hard on Reasonable Doubt for a minute, too. That was a hard one. But Makeup, like, Machiavelli was my album, too. I just knew Mike wasn't going to say <laughs> Reasonable Doubt because I found out later on. Well, a couple of years ago, whatever, Mike really does not like Jay-Z. <laughs> No, he does not. I was just like, he's like, yeah, I don't get it. And then, because I mean, it's funny, and I'm glad like it brought up this because he's like, yo, people want to talk about Jay Z and this album and everything. He's like, it won't even the best album in '96. He's like, Mookie, I'm trying to tell you, you know, which he, he always says, and I've never doubted him to this day because it's kind of funny. And I'll tell you, <clears throat> you know, Michael, I have him talking to my homies my age and shit, and like they'll be talking about stuff like from y'all's era. And it's like, Mike's like, yo, I was around. Like y'all was like, what? Three and four. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, like, seriously, uh, I mean, now that I come back in, when I go back and think about it, like, first of all, the Fuji's album didn't come out in 96. It came out in 95. Okay. So like, I'm, I'm looking at the meme. Like, so whoever put that together, like that goes, like that came out in 95 or five, You'll probably memories. somebody my age or younger. Yeah, like, let me see. I got to, um, so let me see, because, like, uh, okay, well, I stand corrected. It came out in 96, so it came out in February. I got you. I just knew I was in the fifth grade when this album came out because I had the CD when we stayed on Taylor Street. Right. I had a CD. Because I had this CD. I had a lot of CDs. <laughs> this know. is true. <laughs> I said, this is true. I, I, true. Like, I had a lot of I CDs. Say, I think you, well, I'm not even thinking. I'm pretty sure you had Mom Beat. Oh, I had a beat because half her CDs came from me. And then you think about me always burning CDs for her. Oh, my God. Like when she got into CDs, because, you know, during this time, 96, she still was playing cassette tapes. She didn't even have CDs. If she was, yeah, I swear, if she was gonna play that between her and Uncle Tookie, if they would have played that Gerald Levert tape one more time, I was gonna lose it. Hey, don't get me wrong, but damn, man, you know, mom, like when she plays a CD, she does not like look, it, it, it ends and it goes right back to the beginning. Fucking Robin Thicke's, uh, I think his second album was first, 
The Evolution of Robin Thicke? No, but his second album, third album, second album. Robin Thicke had came out way before people even knew who he was. He called himself Thicke, and he had long hair. Uh, Tina Marie, back before I didn't know she was white. Listen, I was just talking about Tina Marie yesterday. I was in going somewhere, and and I was like, Tina Marie ass is always. She always used to sing so hard on her songs. <laughs> like, I mean, she was singing like they came in the studio. I was like, "Hey, bitch, we about to drop you from the record label. You better sing, or we about to drop your ass." Well, it's like Barry Gordy walked in there and was like, "Hey, like you already white." And this <laughs> like, like, I mean, not like, I don't mean, just make it sound like that, but like, look, bitch, like, you gotta no. sing. You on, like, you on Motown. No, like, I, told, I told mom, I was I didn't know her or um Lisa Stanfield was white. Yo, I just found, yo, okay, yo, dead ass G, this is like, I'm, I'm telling listeners too, I just found out a couple of months ago, I maybe the end of 2019. That the people, um, I don't even remember their names. The people, the um, the, the song, I can't wait, da, 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 da. like that joint, that, they're white. Uh, yeah, yeah, you talking about I can't wait. Yes, those are white people. Uh huh. Yo, I'm telling you, that fucked me up a couple of months ago because it popped up on the playlist and I was like, yo, this shit hard. And I think I, um, I googled them and I was like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Buy something um, new out every day. Oh, new shoes. Mm. Yeah, because that woman, I, if I remember the video correctly, she had like this blonde hair. Oh, man. See, I didn't even see the video. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait. That was my song. It, it was dope. I, I told you, like, literally, <clears throat> like, even when mom was here a couple of weeks ago, like, I was playing 80s, like, playlists for her, and I'm like, yo, some of these tracks, whoa, I didn't know about this. Okay, that's cool. I'm going to have to go back and check that. Well, you know, your, your mama had Lisa Stansfield, and, you know, all the songs sounded the same. Thank <laughs> like, you. Yeah, my mom, mom said that, too, because I brought her up, and she was like, I was mad, Mookie. You know, she was, I thought she was going to be, you know, she was going to be something else. She said, that dude left, and she, she was never the same. <laughs> Good Lord. I mean, because on that album, like I swear, all them damn songs sounded the same. Like it was like she was, uh, she was trying to change the beat up a little bit. <laughs> like, like she, uh, she was like, uh, like they've been around the world, and then she had her other song, like you can't deny it, and it was the same beat. Yeah. She just, she just took the strings out for the other song and turn and changed the key, and it was the same song. I don't know who her producers was. I was gonna she, say, I'm like, yo, who was doing? <laughs> yo, like, I need to go back and review that album because me and Mama used to be weak about that oh album. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, b- before we close this thing out, man, uh, you you want to tell the people about what you got coming up? Yeah, so you know, I'm get like I'm getting into my podcast. I've been getting to it for a while. This damn coronavirus shit really didn't fuck like. Through a wrench in my plan because I just had the stuff like just had a birthday, everything canceled. <laughs> like I mean, uh, what what can one do besides get in the house and get like you have to drink or do something? You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm pretty sure uh, your listeners uh, drink whatever they they do whatever whatever you doing to stay sane in the house. Um, but I, I have two podcasts. One in particular, like my podcast, where I do basically where I talk all my shit. It's called Meet Me on the Roof. So you can follow me on um, 
on Instagram. He could post all the links and yeah, I'm gonna put everything in stuff to put in there. But uh, you could just follow me. I'll meet me on the roof. I also have a page on Facebook. Uh, when this like actually drops and and get it there, but you just kind of just check me out on there. I got some episodes now. I'm just kind of strategically about uh, strategic about what I'm putting out right now, and I'm recording some more stuff. I've had time, but I'm just kind of like I didn't really like the way some of the stuff sounded, so I'm just going back and doing some re-recording and fixing some few things. But I'll be dropping content before the weekend is out. Um, I do appreciate you having me on. Uh, I don't, don't bite your tongue with Mookie. Uh, I definitely, you know, can just definitely tell your listeners that me being your big brother, I'm definitely proud of you. Love everything you're doing. Even when you don't think I'm paying attention, I'm always paying attention. So, <laughs> That's love, man. That's love. Yeah, I'm always paying attention. Like, I usually listen to your podcast. I kind of skip over them a lot. I don't really watch the wrestling ones because, you know, I don't watch wrestling. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. you know, I watch the ones that are of interest to me, but I do check them out. I'll click on it and skim through it, but, you know, I don't. You know, I fucking hate wrestling. Yeah, so, I'm lost. Like, really I mean, like, I like real wrestling. I don't like that type of wrestling. <laughs> Between so, that mean, and sports, I know it's kind of like, whoa. But, you know. yeah, so it's like, I don't listen. To I mean, music, I got you all day and like random stuff that's going on. But if you just want to hear me like talk shit, uh, go off about music, just about stuff that's going on. You can follow me when award shows are going on, movies and stuff like that. I got commentary about everything. Like, we not new to this. We true to this. We just starting podcasts about this shit. We've been doing this since we were kids. He's entertaining as hell, guys. I'm I mean, trying to tell you. And you probably entertained each other. Like, I mean, what was the last what was the last Grammys we watched together before you moved out? <laughs> 2015. Oh my god. I'm trying I'm trying to tell you guys, if we only had Mike's back then and we just like put them <laughs> on and it was probably all that no, shit it wasn't even the Grammys, it was when me and my mom was watching the BET Awards. Oh my god. When we were sitting downstairs in a den. Yo, when I say us together is already a thing. When we get her involved, now that's some shit. Cause you know that's when Tamar had them eyes or whatever. She was fucked oh. up. <laughs> Cause they they brought her and um and who um the scene together. Uh, who was it? I can't even. It remember. It was somebody she was beefing with, right? I just know she was through. No, it was Keisha Cole. It was Keisha Cole. Remember she's remember at the end she was like, yeah, buy my album. Oh yeah. Yeah, cause you came with all the fish plate memes. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, just call me ready to fish places. Yeah, that, listen. I mean, so we. I mean, we'll be weeks. I mean, you just catch me out on on all of those platforms. Like I said, I mean, I'm on Instagram. I'm still like really getting all of my stuff together for my. This is definitely like something that he definitely has me beat on. But, like, again, on Instagram, it's meet me on the roof, one word, underscore PC for podcast. So meet me on the roof, underscore PC, and you'll find uh, my Instagram there. And uh, I'll be dropping content, like I said, and I'm ready. But um, I do, like, I enjoy, like, actually going through this album. Like, I didn't listen to it. I felt like I really did need to listen to it because, I mean, I know these albums. Now, if you were to pick a random ass album by him that I don't listen to all the time, I was like, oh, shit, let me go listen to this real quick and um, get it together. But, um, like I said, I mean, I knew, I I know this album, and it was only, like, them nine songs. And I told you, like, the only song that I really didn't care for was Temptation. Yeah. And it was okay. It was a bad song. It was just probably my least favorite out of the bunch of what he offered. But again, oh, it was like a good album. I almost forgot. We didn't even, we didn't even rate this out of ten. Uh, okay. So me personally, if I had to rate this album out of like his albums, um, 
Hmm. I'm gonna just say it's because like think about it, it's nine tracks and everything. I didn't not like any of it, and this was all new to me. And like I said, I don't think anyone's gotten ten yet. People have gotten close. Like I've, I've done nine. I don't even think I've done nine point five. But I'm gonna give this eight point five. I would give this album out of Prince albums. Um, and even with this being like one of my favorite albums, like it's still not one. It's just like one of them, but it's not like it's really like not in the top. But it's like still one of my like favorite. I would give this album a five and a half out of ten. Six. Okay. I gave a six. No. Mm. I say I give it a strong seven out of ten. A okay. strong seven out of ten because I mean, um, it, it's just like it's really a lot to grasp and that, like for you to have to get into. And I mean, even when you look at the ratings of this album, uh, Spin Alternative Record Guy gave it a four out of ten. Village Voice gave it a B minus. Um, Matter of fact, with that too, I was watching something literally before we um, started this, and a dude said like the initial reviews, like people hated this album. They were they like, did "What?" Because the everybody hell is it was going? everybody was looking for Purple Rain Two. Yeah, Purple Rain Part Two, the continuation, and he was so like over that music, like he put himself in a creative space to to make himself commercial. He got on the radio, and then it's like he came, and it's like he went on with his next thing. Because you got to understand, the next album that Prince put out was a flop. Uh, is that 86 or is that 87? Because I, I know the 87 album. Parade. Okay. Okay, I was about to say, because I know the 87 album. I mean, album, you got to understand that. I want to ask you about that later. Yeah, I mean, you got to understand, he put out a flop movie and album. Wait, Parade was a movie? Parade was the album that accompanied Under the Cherry Moon. That was a movie? Yeah, that's that movie that used to come on BET all the time that was in black and white. Y'all remember? It would be on Friday and it was in black and white. That's probably why. You know, black and white always kind of freaked me out. (laughs) Right. I'm going to have to look into that now. But yeah, I don't trust. It's it's something I want to ask you, whatever. But I'm just to you know tease the fans. I'm gonna I'm gonna save that for off mic. As far as you know, some a Prince album I literally think I want to ask you about. But we're gonna see about that. Also, like we talked about earlier, definitely be ready because October we're gonna have that Dirty Mind review for you guys. Got to do that now. We've already spoke about it, putting it to the into the atmosphere, and. Like, you know, um, gee, I appreciate everything. Oh, yeah, I appreciate much you love. having me, man. Like, it's definitely been um, great. Um, I can't wait to this, like, drop. And just get to see it. It's, like, good just to finally, you know, be able to be here and do this with you because we've been talking about it for a while. And we, finally, we, we have, finally have baby. You, you, guys, you guys, literally, I'm trying to tell you, if he was tired from coming into town because we had a little treat. He was going to give you guys for Christmas, but I had to get the hell out of there the next day. You can only spend so much time in the world before you lose it. But we had a little treat for y'all that was gonna be something crazy, but couldn't we you know we couldn't get that like handled at the time. Yeah, well, you know, we, we finally made it here now. So I'm I'm definitely glad to be here. And um I'll just say, you know, you keep doing your thing with your podcast. You're doing a great job. And I you know, just it. keep growing and create you know, keep creating good content. 
And speaking on that, I'm gonna let you get the mats because I don't know if that's him walling out there. Yeah, he's out there. Yeah, <laughs> like he like uh, he like in the background. Like I guess he felt like he wanted to be on the podcast too. He well, I'm about to say Coco just jumped off the couch. So I mean, but you know, he's a little more quieter. Yeah, and Max is outside. That's the funny thing. He's not in the house. He doesn't bark in the house. He's just outside. I about to say, it's not like he's out there playing. And he's near my window, like because it's probably a squirrel. It's a tree near my window, and a squirrel is probably up in the tree. And he just gets fixated with squirrels. And I was just like, I had to mute my mic, and I was like, listen, shut your ass up. Like, it, it'd be like that. Like sometimes Coco would be trying to like play, and I'm like, yo, bro, we in the middle like, of work right now. I was like, I'm working. I'm trying to record. Like, come on now. <clears throat> But this was another great episode. Prince and the Revolution around the world in a day. Another classic Osmulator review. Shout out to G, of course. Gonna put everything like we talked about in the description below. And until next time, that's G, I'm Mookie, and we are.